0: We are in Sefer Yeshayahu, Perek Zion. Let's start from Pesach Yudaled, in Perek Zion, Lachain, Yitain, um, I don't know who Lachem Os. Just to clear away some confusion, there are four different invasions the Novi speaks about here. And often, he, Yeshayahu flits from one to the other without warning. So to understand them, you've got the coalition of Ritzin, Melech Aram, and Pikeach ben Ramayah, the king of Judea, who, oh, I'm sorry, the king of Israel, very important, Ratzin and Ramaya form a coalition that has its purpose to capture uh, Judea in the days of Ahaz. So they create a civil war with disastrous casualties that in the end uh, is, is defeated because it's Mark who saves Yerushalayim, notwithstanding that Ahaz, its king, is one of the worst ever, but Uh, That is an invasion with, as we say, disastrous civil war. There is also the invasion of Sancheirev that completely depopulates the ten tribes of the north, uh, sending them into exile to Assyria and various places. Then there is, thirdly, Sancheirev comes back with the intent of taking... Yehuda, Judea, capturing Yerushalayim and the Beis Hamikdash, and he gets as far as the walls of the Beis Hamikdash, and we saw a tremendous miracle where on a single night, 185,000 of Sanchei troops just died at the walls of Jerusalem for no apparent reason or uh, to any apparent instrumentality. They just stopped breathing. And then, finally, there is the invasion of Nebuchadnezzar, which is in three stages, as we saw, of Golas, culminating in the siege of Yushalayim and the destruction of the Temple. So now we are still talking about the um, coalition of Ritzin, Melech Aram, and Pikeach ben Ramayo, king of Israel, conducting this disastrous civil war, against Yerushalayim. And so we saw that Yeshayahu comes to Ahaz and says that the Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to save you. uh, It's probably Moschus Avos, the merits of his father, of King David, and that the Kaddish Baruch Hu is not at this time yet ready to let Yerushalayim and the Beis Hamikdash fall into enemy hands. And he offers to give him a sign. Uh, Ahaz refuses. He says in terms he doesn't want to test the Kaddish Baruch But what he really means, say the Mepharshim, he doesn't want to give the Kaddish Barfu the opportunity to uh, be Mekaddish Hashem, to do a Kiddish Hashem. In any, any, do we have any idea why, you know, in the scheme of history, you know, in history, what difference does it make if... if If Yehuda was conquered by Nebuchadnezzar a few years later or now? Uh, Under Ahaz. Oh, that's easy. All the design of the Kaddish Baruch. That's the way the Kaddish Baruch wanted, also, really, a chance for Shuva till the last moment. That's what Yeshayo is doing here. It's 110 years before Nebuchadnezzar, 130. And he's giving it. please, do tshuva. This is coming as clear as day. And they do not. And so it's a combination of this is the will of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and at the same time, the total failure to do tshuva, as we're going to see again today. So we continue. He refuses to accept a a sign from Yisrael. but hope is going to give him one anyway. So we start with your Dalet. I'm going to give you one anyway. This woman, Alma, as we've said, can also mean a virgin. We we're referring, some of them, of course, to Yishayahu's wife, some is referring to Ahaz's sister, we're not quite sure, but we lean towards Yishayahu's wife, she will give birth, uh, and the son will be called Immanuel, a sign that the Kaddish Baruch is with us. Um, As we've said yesterday, this sentence over thousands of years has caused tremendous problems because Christians and Christian theologians claim this is a valid source for the Messiah who's coming, who's obviously in the uh, Judaic line and Jewish, virgin birth as it were, And, of course, the Mepharshim have a very good reputation of this, that this is speaking to Ahaz now. It isn't till 500 years later that we're talking in the days of, you know, any possible Mashiach. When when is the first time Mashiach is mentioned in Tanakh? It's once. We had it already once, and it's it's very rare. It's a very rare occurrence that the actual Mashiach is mentioned. So nothing in this... In this para describes the days of the, the Messiah. Right. No, no, absolutely not. So that is Immanuel. And now, Chema mm-hmm. udvash Yochel he will, this child will eat cream and honey. He will be able to choose to reject evil and choose good. But Ki b'terem yeidah hanar, before he even knows this, Ma'os g'orah b'chor v'tov, te'ozev ha'adamah asher ha'tor keitz, m'p'nei sh'nei macho y'ah. These two kings, Ritzin and Pekach ben Bermayah, even before the child gets this knowledge of distinction, they will have left the land of Yerushalayim and Judea. The threat will be over. That is what Yishayahu is promising our Christ. However, this relief is going to be very, very short-lived. Says Zion, Yitzayan Yovia Hashem Alecha VaAlamfa. He tells Achaz the Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to bring on you and your nation Val Beis Avicha Yomim Asher Lo Baul LeMiYom Sur Efrayim Me'ah Yehuda Esmele Ashur. He is going to bring upon you a disaster that has not been the equal since the secession of the ten tribes. From Judea, that is going way back a good 430 years. And it just shows what a bitterly historic incident it was, that division into two kingdoms. But until then, until now, there's been nothing to equal it. Now will come Melech sure, that is referring to the invasion of Sanhaiv. For Hayoba hahu, and on that day, Yishrok HaShem, Kodesh Baruch, literally means'll we'll whistle, but what it means he will send a signal, lezvov to the flies our that are on the banks of the Egyptian river that's a pretty far distance Ula to the bees are its Ashur that are in the land of Ashur again when Sancheriv came it was a coalition of nations I will attract from both I will send them the time that this is ready Uva'u they will come, the Nosnu Kula, Banachale they will come and they will occupy the rivers. I bate Ranaunikike, the crevices among the rocks, Uva Kohanatsuim, in uh Uva Kohanaholim, in front of the um all the the forests, the trees, the river banks. Uh, we're referring, of course, to Sancheirev. Some say that this is also referring to the bodies. 185,000 men that die will be scattered throughout every rock, crevice, etc. Bayomah, we now hear a very interesting metaphor, Bayomah, uh, who yigalach we're talking about Sancheirev, will be shaven with a razor that was for hire. But Arve Nohar Bemelech Ashur as Harosh Basarogliam, the king of Ashur, again Samhaira, will be shaven clean on his head, the hair on his feet, the hair on his body, the hair on his beard will be shaven. What does that mean? Some say the act of shaving is just a change, a total change in appearance in San There There's some very mystic interpretations too involved to go here. But basically, we know that Sancheiriv, we have through Agadat, was greatly changed by this incident to the degree that some say Sancheiriv converted. Sancheiriv went back home; that he converted. He is assassinated by his two sons, but the Gemara say that the other children of Sancheira in fact did tshuva and that's what this pasuk could mean, that he was shaven, he was shorn, he was unrecognizable. Now we're shifting back to a prophetic vision of peace and tranquility. Each person will have an egla, a calf, and two sheep. The Hoyomer Vasos Kholov, it will have a plentitude of milk, Yokalchema, they will have butter and cream. Ki Kihemodvashokel Kohan no Sorba Keravorz. The remnant in his in Yehuda will have that, uh there will be prosperity. But not for everybody. The Hoyoba Yom Hahu you will recall the Navi had prophesied against those people, the very wealthy people of Yehuda, who had so um, swindled and cheated and exploited the poor that. This will not apply to them. On that day, those people, the wealthy, the exploiters, who had a thousand vineyards and for a thousand shekels of kesef, they will be desolate. In other words, there will be a segment of the population that will have prosperity, a segment that will not. They will have to go with bows and arrows. It will be occupied by enemies, this rich people's land. And the Kishomir V'sha'is will be desolate to You will have to fight them with bows and arrows. And all of the mountains that surround them, you cannot get there because they are desolate and empty. It will be there that there will be people there that will have the oxen and the thing, but you will not. It will be two segments of the population. That prophesies Yishayahu. Now we come to a fascinating parikhes, and we begin with VaYomer Hashem Eli Kachbucha Giloyon Godol Usovelav Bacheret Enosh L'Maher Shalom Chosbaz. So Yeshayahu is commanded, VaYomer Hashem, Take a giloy, a parchment, Godol, a huge parchment love and write write on it in the pen or the quill or the stylus that men can read it, four words, giant scroll, but just four simple words. Le Maher Shalol Kush Buzz. Hurry in the plunder it will come fast the booty, the laying waste, the looting. Same thing as uh, the point Rashi points out that the first one refers to Sancher, the attack on Judea will be there will be booty and looting. And the second one is Nebuchadnezzar. And it's a very strange oratorical device here because as we've seen certain neviim use a masset an action that will trigger. Uh, the rest of the Navua. In other words, it lends a dramatic um, verisimilitude to what they are saying. We saw it, for example, uh, there was a Nebuah we learned with Elisha, where he's told to fire six arrows in the direction of Aram. We're going to see later, there's a Navoa with yir where he's told to throw a rock into the Euphrates River. Um, The basis of it, the Ramban explains, we know that Klal, the Ramban, has that the actions of the fathers, our forefathers, are signals for what the children, the descendants, will go through. So, for example, we use that Avraham goes into Egypt with Sarah and Lot for ostensibly no purpose, that is going to be the signal that one day the children of Avram will go into Egypt. It's Masay Ovo Simen Labanim. And that is what is happening here. It strengthens the prophecy. It also can show that usually that prophecy you can put money on is going to occur. And so here Yeshayahu is asked to take huge scroll, right on a pen, plundering is imminent, looting will happen quickly. So, and I took, says Yishayahu, two Aedim, witnesses to this scroll I wrote, Es Uriah HaKohen, Ve'es Zechariahu Ben Yerachahu, Uriah HaKohen, Zechariahu Ben Yerachahu, almost by unanimity of the Mephorshim, this is impossible. It's impossible because they are not contemporaneous at all. Uriah would have to have lived a good hundred-some-odd years to be in the same generation as Zechariah, but we know it cannot mean literally. What he's saying, Ishayo, Uriah HaKohen was a person who prophesied that there would be the destruction of the first temple for his prophecy he was killed in a terrible violent manner by Yehoyakim uh, then the king of Yehuda and so Uriah prophesied that and dies Zaharyahu ben Zecharyahu lives at the beginning of the return to the bias Shani he prophesied Beautiful prophecies that the children of Israel will be back on their land, old men, old women, children, living in joy and tranquility. So there were two different eras, one prophesying destruction, the other prophesying a return to the days of, of sovereignty and of the restoring of the Beis Hamikdash. This puzzle. Adim uriah ben gives the basis of probably one of the most beautiful agados, one of the most famous as well, that we learn in Makos. The story of Rabbi Akiva walking on the ruins of the base Hamikdash. Let's just read part of it. So Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Yeshua are walking on the temple grounds. Kavan Shah Gil Laharhat Sophim, when they reach the Mounts of Sophim, they tear their garments uh, and because they see Jerusalem, Kavan Shah Gia Lahar Habayus, when they reach the temple, Mount Raushual Shul, Shayotsami based Katshekudashi, they see a fox coming out of the runes of what was the Katshekudashi. His they start to weep. Rabbi Akiva he's smiling, he's laughing. what are you smiling? what are you crying about? And they said to him that look, a place where we have written that a non kohen who even approaches the Kutsheik Yadushim will die. Bach Shav, Shohalin see foxes? Walking around the country, production uh, undeterred. Should we not? We says Rabbi Akiva. For this very reason, lekachani mitsafet tzitziv. And now he takes up posuk. But Adim li'edim ne'emanim es Uriah haKohen ve'Sachariah ben Ami Yevachahu. They are my witnesses. Kima inyan Uriah etzel Zechariahu? What connection does Uriah have with Zechariahu? Uriah uh Uriah Mikdash Rishon uZechariah Mikdash Shani. He was the first temple. Zechariah was in the second temple. Ella Tola hakasdeh nevuah Social Zechariah b'nevuah Social Uriah. By mentioning the two, you are making Zechariah's navia of tranquility and return dependent upon Uriah. In other words, until you have Uriah's prophecy, uh, that you will be exiled you cannot even hope for Zechariah's prophecy that you will be returned that it says ad yeshuvu zekainim muzikainos b'cholos Yerushalayim so as long ad shalom nischaim ha nevuah shel uriah ha yisi misyore. I was worried that the prophecy of Zechariah would not be fulfilled achshav she nischaim ha nevuah uriah it is certain that the property of Zachariah is going to be fulfilled, and they are comforted, these colleagues, and they say, "Akiva nechamtani, Akiva nechamtani." And what a wonderful place it is to end for today—that uh, the return. The faith in this prophecy that has survived for thousands of years. Atkan, tomorrow we go back to the reality of destruction of Yehuda and Yerushalayim. Atkan.